Johnny Depp and Amber Heard have finished the horrible fight of their lives, and now we're about to talk about the Florida Gators football team and what might be the biggest game for them this season only here on Locked On Gators. You are Locked On Gators, your daily podcast on the Florida Gators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Lockdown Gators, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. We are available daily and free wherever you listen to podcasts. Happy Thursday. I am Brandon Olson. You can find me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. Find my written work with Whole Nine Sports and GiantsCountryVSI.com, which, by the way, earlier this week, talked a bit about Kadarius Tony on there. So I want to check that out before getting into today's content. Just ask you a like, subscribe comment, review, let me know how I can make the show better, as always, please do. And today we're talking about the biggest game for every position group on this Florida Gators team. Uh, pretty much with how we always break things down, we go through the whole team. First segment, QB, running back, wide receiver, tight end. Second segment, trenches. Third segment, uh, the back seven of the defense. So we're going to go through it. And it's some of them are, whether it's the toughest matchup, um, the matchup where they need to play well in order to win this game or, or just the biggest game that they could have. Uh, so, so it's kind of broken down into a lot of different ways. But for quarterback, uh, it's Georgia. Um, and I say quarterback because, yeah, we're all Team Anthony Richardson here, or most of us are. Um, but just the quarterback rooms. Any Injuries could happen at any time. Anything could happen at any time. So we'll say quarterbacks, Georgia. Um I, I think it's fairly obvious, you know, Georgia, yes, it does have a lot of roster turnover there. We so we spoke about it on yesterday's episode. We were like, yeah, well, Georgia had 15 guys drafted from this past season. Um, but they are still immensely talented on defense. I had to think of the adjective there, and I was like, immensely talented is the way to go. Uh, they're still immensely talented on defense, ton of athletes. Just, just freaks throughout, and, and they're very talented. It was, uh, Glenn Schumann and Will Muschamp are the co-defensive coordinators, similar to how Florida has Patrick Tony and Sean Spencer as co-defensive coordinators. Um, but they're they're going to throw the kitchen sink at Anthony Richardson. Like that's going to be the thing, especially when Georgia is a team where Anthony Richardson played and uh, well, kind of got smoked a little bit by Georgia because uh, I mean, of course, that's what should have been expected. Uh, but yeah, no, I mean, they're just a fantastic team and Anthony Richardson or whoever it might be, I don't know how many injuries we might see, uh, but they're going to have their hands full when it, when it comes time to play Georgia for sure. That, that one's, that one's easy. I mean, I mean, that, that was the easiest one. Uh, looking at running back, I said Utah was the biggest game for, uh, for the running back room. And again, this is, I don't care who the top guy is, who the second, third, just running backs that will play, quarterbacks that will play, and so on and so forth through every position. Uh, but I put Utah for running backs, which is, of course, the first game of the season, but Utah's secondary will likely be good enough to uh, to cause some issues in the passing game, not just at corner, but at safety as well. Um, so I can't just be like, like with tight ends, when we get to tight ends, it's going to be, well, because the secondary is strong, especially specifically at corner, 
So it's going to kind of, we need to rely on our tight ends here. Receivers are probably going to have a tough time. Uh, tight ends are probably going to have a, have a tough time, probably. Uh, offensive line probably going to have a little bit of a tough time. So it's going to be the running backs that have to do it against Utah. Um, I, I think throwing the ball with uh, some with consistency is going to be an issue against Utah. Um, so running backs rotating in a lot. It's also one of the it's the first game in that insane humidity. Guys are you know they're conditioning and they're getting ready, but you still kind of have to uh, kind of have to get into actual game shape. And a lot of times we want to see guys get gassed, especially especially in that Florida humidity. So. It's going to be a lot of rotations there, and, and they're going to kind of have to shoulder the load in week one, I think. And then looking at wide receiver, um, I put Texas A&M. This is not one of those times where I'm like, well, the, the, the uh, DBs for Texas A&M are just so talented that this is going to be the toughest matchup. Uh, no. It is more about me saying the front seven, or front six, I guess, since everybody goes nickel. Um for Texas A&M is so strong, so athletic, so, so, so deep They're They're a very talented group there. They've been recruiting like maniacs there with Texas A&M, um, where I think receivers kind of have to be the ones to go out. I'm, I'm not sold on their secondary, by the way. I want to make that one very clear. Um, but I think their front seven is pretty dang good. So in the passing game, receivers have to shoulder the load here. Um, I, I think that's going to be a big part, especially when you look at well, Anthony Richardson's probably going to have to speed up his clock a little bit and get the ball out quicker, and receivers are probably going to not have as much time to create separation. And so they might be thrown into a little bit of a situation where a jump ball situation, which is fine. I'm totally cool with, with uh, Florida receivers getting into a jump ball situation with guys like Justin Shorter and Xavier Henderson. And, I mean, Trent Widmore and Ricky Pearsall are probably going to be working underneath a solid amount. Um, but I think Texas A&M is the game where receivers have to kind of Kind of snap into it at that point. And then the final position group of this segment is the tight end room. Um, for the for Florida, I, I put Georgia as the biggest game for the tight ends in uh, this season, primarily because, like I, I, I alluded to this before, uh, the secondary for Georgia is not just strong. They're not just athletic. They're talented. Like, like it's not just, oh, they got a ton of athletes. Like, and it's not like they they got a ton of athletes or they just got that dog in them. No, like they, they are an immensely talented group. Um, so I, I think that when you look at Georgia's secondary, specifically on the outside at corner uh, or, this, or the nickel as well, um, that, that's a fantastic group there. And so I think you got to go, well, if we want to throw the ball, because we know we're going to have a tough time running the ball. That, that, that's something that we know is going to happen inside Georgia front seven. Um, I think that you've got to go, all right, tight ends, whoever it is, again, Keon Zipper, uh, Nick Elksness, Jonathan Odom, Hayden Hanson, Arliss Boardingham, Tony Livingston, I don't care who it is, Dante Zanders, I know Akita, I don't care who it is, whoever is playing tight end for the Florida Gators, uh, you need to have one of your best games. Because not only are you going to be relied upon in the passing game against Georgia, but you need to really have one of your best games as a blocker against Georgia because if Florida wants to effectively run the ball probably going to see a good amount of inside zone split probably going to see a lot of lead blocking from tight ends for the for Anthony Richardson um it's going to be a rough day 
theirs and, and everybody's got to step up but i think tight ends especially when you look at who's going to be their biggest game you gotta say georgia and and i don't think that's that big of a question this year uh for the florida gators but we're about to look at the trenches so offensive line edge and interior defensive line but first quick word from built bar because it is summertime it's june like, like it, it it's here i got vacation in less than three weeks so I, i'm trying to finish uh finish this a little bit before before it's summertime in uh in europe Woo-hoo. but built bar that's how i'm doing it i've been by the way demolishing the built bar puffs the birthday cake flavored absolutely fantastic but built bar is already coated in 100 chocolate so it helps me with my sweet tooth most bars have 130 calories just four net carbs along with 17 grams of protein throw out the hidden stashes the reese's in the desk drawer kit kat in the cupboard whatever it is that you shouldn't have that you do have. Built Bar is always coming out with new limited time flavors, so you'll never get bored. Use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off of your next order with Built or BuiltBar.com. Thanks again for making Locked Gators your first listen of the day. We are available daily and free wherever you listen to podcasts. Looking at the trenches now for the biggest game of the season, I thought about going offensive tackle, offensive guard, but I was like, yeah, it's kind of silly. I feel like given how much I'm always talking about how uh, it's more important for an offensive line as a unit to kind of a uh, to kind of work together. So I just went offensive line here, and just like with quarterback and just like with tight end, it's Georgia. Um, and this one isn't just they're so talented. Um, no, this is also Glenn Schumann and Will Muschamp as co-defensive coordinators. They are going to because of course, if you forgot Dan Lanning, who was a defensive coordinator last year, now Oregon's head coach. But Glenn Schumann and Will Muschamp are going to do everything they can to just create confusion and create havoc um, to, against this Florida Gators offensive line, where I talk about it all the time with, with Patrick Towney and Sean Spencer, where they want to make the offensive line think, they want to make the quarterback think, they want to throw everything, including the kitchen sink at you. I think that Georgia will do that against Florida. That's not just their natural defensive scheme, uh, but I do think that against Florida's offensive line, they're going to do a lot. I think, and I will say this, I think Will Muschamp is going to especially go, oh yeah, like, like I'm, I'm, I'm trying extra hard against Florida here. Um, so I think that especially when you look at how the offensive line played against Georgia last year, you, you got to be better. Uh, and and that's that's kind of what it comes down to again because like I said this is just this is the biggest game. It's not just the toughest. It's not just who who they should dominate. It's not just whatever. It's this is the biggest game for a multitude of reasons. So the Florida Gators offensive line, when you look at them playing Georgia, you have to take a look and go, I mean it is it, it's going to be a toughie just looking again at the front four specifically for Georgia, but they'll probably blitz. They'll, pro- they'll probably do whatever they can showing different alignments just to create havoc along this offensive line, which by the way is pretty, um, what, what's, what's a good term for it? An experience together. Uh, we got a few guys who were here last year, got some backups stepping up, got a transfer coming in, uh, at least one transfer coming in as a starter. Um, so I think that this offensive line is really going to have their hands full, hopefully not holding calls, um, against Georgia and then flipping to the defensive side of the ball. Now 
We've got edge group. Uh, I I said LSU um, mainly because it yes might not be the toughest matchup, but whether it's Miles Brennan starting for LSU or Drayden, or Jaden Daniels starting for LSU, uh, getting pressure on the edge is going to be massive for the Florida Gators to even potentially win this game. Um, but also disrupting the edges and, and playing contain there. Because when we had Seth Galina here a week and a half ago, two weeks ago, two weeks ago, yeah, two weeks ago, um, we, we were talking about how Florida does this one thing that I really, or did this one thing in the spring game that I really liked where you kind of had the tight end starting on the left side. He came across to the right. Anthony Richardson rolled to the right, and then they were just kind of moving parallel in sync, and then Anthony Richardson just dumped it off, and it was it was quick yards after the catch. The best way to stop that is with an edge defender, either getting the offensive lineman to make contact with that tight end, or the edge defender just hitting the tight end that's behind the line of scrimmage. You could say you thought they were blocking. So just creating havoc that way, and that's going to be a staple of the LSU offense. We know that because... Their, their offensive coordinator came from Cincinnati as their offensive as the Cincinnati offensive coordinator, and that is a staple of his offense. That's what he did so much with Desmond Ritter and Josiah DeGuara in Cincinnati. They did that incessantly. They're going to do that in LSU, in Baton Rouge. So I think you've got to disrupt that in any way possible. And on top of that, Jaden Daniels, he, he likes to roll out. He likes to move quite a bit. Getting the edge contained there, going to be massive for Florida. Getting that, stopping that, those wide runs that we will see from LSU this year, going to be massive to put a ton of pressure on the edge defenders to create plays. And and I like again, you don't even need to be. Well, we had six sacks from the edge. I don't care if you have any sacks. Get pressures, create havoc, cause mistakes. Um, if you get sacks, that's great too. But if you don't, at least make positive impact consistently. Um. And so that's why against LSU, I think the edge, they need to have their biggest game, or that will be the biggest game for them. And then looking at the uh, interior defensive line, so Javon Dexter and whoever is playing nose tackle, I put South Carolina for this one. Um, we just talked about Jaden Daniels and how he likes to roll out, and he likes to get wide, and he likes to do all these things. Uh, Spencer Rattler can do that as well. He's obviously more refined and better as a quarterback. I, I think that... I said this before, I'll say it again. I think Spencer Rattler got absolutely shafted last season at Oklahoma. Uh, he got benched while still completing like 73% of his passes and still doing everything he was asked of. It, it was just stupid um, what happened in uh, in Oklahoma last year. That was just ridiculous. Uh, but Spencer Rattler is going to be the, the major focal point of that South Carolina Gamecocks offense. We know they're going to run the ball a lot. And the interior defensive line has to stop that and has to make plays there. But when you look at that offense in general, Spencer Rattler is going to be the focal point. And Spencer Rattler specifically struggles quite a bit uh, when a team gets interior pressure against him. That's not something he's used to really facing, but when it happens, he struggles quite a bit. So Florida, Javon Dexter specifically, needs to get interior pressure consistently against Spencer Rattler or Florida could be in for a long day because he can create so much with his legs. He's got a very good arm. He's smart enough to make things happen. He's with Shane Beamer, who's going to put him in the best position to succeed. So 
there may not be a game where interior pressure is more important than the South Carolina game for the Florida Gators. So I, I think you cannot stress that enough. Uh, but we are about to wrap up the show by talking about the back six or back seven. I don't care. However you want to put it, go for it. Um, but first, a quick word from our sponsors. To wrap up today's show, we are talking about this back six, back seven. What Linebackers and secondary. That's what we're doing. Uh, except we did break it up into linebackers, corners, and safety for the biggest game of the season for them. Linebackers. I put Kentucky, and I don't think that it's even close, really. Um, because when you look at Florida's schedule this year, I don't think you're going to play a uh, an offense that is more dependent on the RPO than you'll see in Kentucky. Um, and look, last year, Todd Grantham, a solid job stopping that Kentucky RPO for the most part. Um, but I, I think that you're going to see no team that's more RPO heavy than Kentucky this year. For Again, on Florida's schedule. There will be teams that run RPO more, but not on Florida's schedule really, or at least I don't think there will be. Um, so I think that linebackers, you are going to be relied upon to be in your spot, be in your zone, and be disciplined because that's another thing where Kentucky last year had quite a bit of success running the ball. Um so Florida's linebackers, you have to stop the run. You have to remain disciplined, whether it's a play action, RPO, whatever it is. If you see that hand, that, uh, that handoff start, you cannot just bite in on it and come flying in because guess what? Then you're out of position for that little RPO slant. They're just going to go right over your head, right over the defensive lineman and give the offense a free 10 to 12 yards. So you've got to be disciplined. You've got to be consistent and you've got to be in your spots and you gotta you gotta worry about your run fits which is something that not enough people are concerned with um but we also know that patrick tony sean spencer the rest of this defensive staff has put an insane emphasis on stopping the run and that this defense we're gonna see creepers and sim pressure which both can be used to kind of slow down or stop completely the rpo so we're, we're seeing Florida kind of get put into good position there. But even if the scheme is helping you, you still got to execute. And with linebackers, there's no bigger game than Kentucky. Looking at the cornerback group, uh, I put LSU mainly because when looking at Florida's schedule this year, um, there are not a lot of proven top-tier elite wide receivers on the schedule. And when they are, like LSU has Kayshawn Booty or Boot, um, the quarterback's not great. But but I think this one's kind of the default because he's the best receiver that Florida's facing this year. Um, and I don't think that's I don't think that's even up for debate really, especially when people keep talking about him as potentially the best receiver in the nation. So uh, I I think when you look at the cornerback room, LSU's got to be the game that you are at least probably most worried about. Um, so Florida is not facing a lot of top tier receivers this year. Keishon Booty is the guy. Um, I think that it's it's. I don't think I need to explain that more. <laughs> that this is going to be the big game for the Florida's uh, corners and then safeties to wrap up today's show. Georgia. Um, first of all, Georgia's receivers. 
I don't care how many stars you have. They're pretty much all uh, rather unproven. So receivers, corners, I'm not super concerned about them. Looking at uh, Georgia's offense, it's going to be pretty run heavy. And Florida will probably bring safeties down closer to the line of scrimmage. Okay? But looking at their passing attack, Georgia has the best tight end room in the nation. Uh, they have two guys who are potential first-round picks that are playing. And, uh, I mean, I get it. Eric Gilbert is basically a receiver whatever. Don't care. Kyle Pitts was the same way. He played tight end. Even if he was out wide in the slot, he was listed as a tight end. So, I'm, I'm, I'm going to call him a tight end. So, I'm, I'm not going to be like, oh, well, I'll, I'll give Kyle Pitts the, the mulligan and not, uh, not Eric Gilbert. But... That's where we're at with that. Uh, but I will say the safeties are going to be tasked with shutting him down. It's, I'd, I think it's going to be trading um, primarily on the tight end. If it's 11 personnel, if it's 12, we'll probably see trading and either a star or a linebacker or shot torrents coming down. Um, but I think it'll be trading primarily if it's one tight end, just because he's, he's bigger, he's taller, he's longer. Uh, so I think that he's just more equipped to kind of take out a tight end and man coverage. Um, but the safeties against Georgia, that that's going to be the X factor probably for the Florida Gators. Like just from now looking that far down the line, um, it, it's, it's probably going to be the safeties because again, got to come down to help against a run. You got to worry about the tight ends in the passing game more than the receivers. And it, it's just going to be a day. For Florida and Georgia, that's already a game. I'm like, okay, this is going to be insane, and I can't wait for it. Thanks for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day every day. We are available daily and free wherever you listen to the podcast. We'll be back tomorrow with Ian Cummings from Pro Football Network to talk more about your Florida Gators. Now make your second listen, Lockdown NFL Draft. Ryan Tracy, former NFL cornerback Eric Crocker, bring the NFL Draft to life every day with insight and analysis on college football prospects and NFL front offices. For Locked On Gators, I'm Brandon Olson. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. Buy my root work with Whole Nine Sports and GiantsCountryBestSide.com, and I'll see you all tomorrow.